0: <clears throat> so I'm not going to sing. Y'all can sit down. <laughs> um, I, I want to invite you to uh, experiment with me a little bit this morning, okay? Some of what I'm going to ask you to do might uh, be unfamiliar for some of you or feel a little um, uncomfortable or weird, but just bear with me. It's only going to be you know 15 or 20 minutes or so. Um I want to invite you just to relax. Put your papers down, put your feet on the floor. Let your hands just rest in your lap or on your knees. And if you're okay, closing your eyes, that's fine. If not, just you know, find a point in space in front of you, maybe the back of the person sitting there or whatever. And, and just let your awareness um, come into an awareness of your body. Feel your feet on the floor. Just feel your backside in the chair. Your back against the back breaths, Your hands resting. Just take three deep breaths. And don't think about your body. Just be present in it. Just feel it. And I'm gonna invite you to hold this sort of awareness while I talk with us this morning. Just be present in this place, in your body. You can open your eyes. But hold that awareness. Paul's letter to the church in Corinth is a pastoral letter. It is written by the founder of the congregation to a Christian group who have frankly lost their way. There's a lot of issues going on in the life of this community. There are divisive issues, hot-button topics, you know, and us against them kind of thinking, and as any gathering of human beings, I mean there was discord, there was disagreement, there was division based on who was right and who was wrong. In the language of spirituality, we would say there was a whole lot of dualistic kind of thinking going on, this either-or sort of mindset that established tribes of like-minded individuals over against the disagreeing tribe. I'm so glad we're not like that anymore. Now, there were also issues of some immorality and sin that Paul addresses very directly in the life of that congregation. There are limits and there are boundaries around behavior in Christian community. But predominantly, the letter is an appeal to the congregation for unity. A unity not found in mere like-mindedness, but a unity grounded in union with Christ. In essence, what Paul is saying is that we are more than mere brothers and sisters united in doctrinal belief and agreement. He's saying instead that we are a body conjoined to one another in the symbiosis of Christ. We are connected to one another, whether we are conscious of it or not. Come back into an awareness of your body. a deep breath, feel the air flow in, flow out, your heartbeat, your resting presence in this place. In the first century world of Paul, the Roman Empire also spoke of community as a body. Even we today use the phrase, the body politic, when we talk about the collective that is our nation. But Paul is not drawing necessarily from that image, or rather, if he is drawing from that image, he's reframing it. He's taking something familiar to the people and reshaping it to give a new understanding. In that Roman view, the head of the body was Caesar, and all the parts of the body served the needs of Caesar, And in one sense, this was literally true. I mean, the emperor personally benefited most from this kind of structuring of human society. But Caesar was also a symbol of the empire itself. In another sense, the empire was the head of the body. Every part, from the greatest to the least, served the needs of the empire, taxes, taxes, military conscription, infrastructure, education, trade, all functions of a society served this abstraction called empire, symbolized in Caesar, and everything flowed upwards, you see? And so if there was a peasant fisher, for example, living in Palestine, and he paid his taxes in Capernaum, he was serving the needs of the local magistrate, who in turn served the provincial governor who served the emperor who served himself. And if that peasant, Fisher, got kind of cranky and started asking hard questions or stopped paying his taxes, well, he got cut off from the body. Caesar would say, I have no need of you. Literally. And that peasant and anyone who was part of his cohort (laughs) would be brutally slaughtered by a ruthless and efficient military. Come back to your body. Find something in you that hurts today. Maybe your neck is stiff. Maybe you got a sore muscle. Maybe your stomach is upset or you're hungry. Just feel that discomfort for a minute. And then imagine if your brain was the head of the body in this way of Caesar. Doesn't work, does it? (laughs) You see where I'm going? I mean, in our own bodies, we do not cut off parts that cause us discomfort. We feed them. We nurture them. We bandage them. We care for them. We provide medicine and remedies to help them heal. In extreme circumstances, we might undergo surgery or chemotherapy, but always with the goal, the aim, of healing, restoration of health for the whole body. Our brain is not the head of the body in this way of Caesar. We are not a disembodied mind separate from our bodies. We do not have bodies. We our bodies. We are a symbiosis of organs, each serving the needs of the others in a dance of equilibrium. And if you know biology, it is always a striving towards balance, a dynamic, a movement, a dance that is life. And the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. In the work I do in the hospital, I see A lot of bodies, (laughs) Um, as you might imagine. I mean, every size and shape and color and form, human bodies are incredibly diverse. But what I find amazing in each person that I meet is that this animating spirit, this body of this person is animated in a different way. I mean, even identical twins, people who share the exact same DNA, they're animated differently. They are a different person from one another. The spirit of each being is wonderfully unique. There's an isness about each living person that is wholly mysterious. And when we're honest, I mean, we can acknowledge that we don't even know the wholeness of our own selves, right? I and mean, this is life in the body, and it's fascinating, and it's terrifying, and it's wonderful. And I've seen a fair number of dead bodies in the hospital as well. I've watched with families and with medical staff as that animating spirit departs, leaving only the matter behind, right? And this too is mystery and sadness. And what is that thing that animates each of us in such a unique way? Paul says, Christ is the head of the body, the animating spirit of all things, the presence of God in, with, and under all of creation. Christ is the very isness of life, the creative spoken word of God that was from the very beginning. Paul says, Christ is the head of the body, and he's not talking about some doctrine for us to believe, some thing for us to argue about, some theological concept. He is talking about a complete restructuring, a reimagining of human society. Christ is the head of the body, not Caesar. Christ is the head of the body, the crucified one, who serves us, who suffers with us. Christ is is the head of the body, the resurrected one who bears us up, who restores and heals, who brings us through, who makes all things new. The universe, Paul says, is grounded in Christ. It is founded in Christ. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and all things come into being through this Christ, There is nowhere that we can go as matter or as energy in this life or the next that is apart from Christ. You are safe in the arms of a loving God. Come again into awareness of your body. Breathe. Feel that energy that is you. It courses through you. It is life. It is love. It is freedom. It is joy. It is the presence of God. It is Christ within you. Now extend your awareness to the people seated next to you. There's energy in them as well. They're animated differently maybe, different personality, the same energy, same spirit, same God, same Christ. Let your imagination move to this congregation to downtown Toledo, the people driving by, the people maybe walking out in the cold, to Lucas County, to Ohio, to America, to the world. And imagine this one unified God in Christ that is in all things. Your body. Paul writes, God has so arranged the body, giving the greater honor to the inferior member, that there may be no dissension within the body, but the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together So my invitation to you this week is to hold this awareness of your body and as you go about the business of your week and as you encounter other people, friend or enemy, let that awareness come to you again. Be reminded of the unity that you share. We are all, every human being, in this thing together. We are all walking on the very same journey. Jesus says, trust God. Take care of one another. And may the peace of God, which passes our human understanding, keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord.